as you find your seats this morning, and you, uh, you open up your Bibles, I invite you to open them to Luke chapter 1. We'll be in Luke chapter 1 this morning, picking up where we left off with another encounter with an angel. Luke chapter 1. I invite you to turn in your own copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. This passage is also available on your bulletin. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you that you have chosen to use us to do miraculous things. Lord, I pray that as we study this passage this morning about the incarnation of your Son beginning in the womb of Mary those many years ago, I pray that you would help us to give glory to you to give glory to you as we read these truths, to give glory to you as we go home and meditate on them, that, Lord, we would give you glory with every ounce of our being because you have sent your Son to save us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. 94 years ago today, not 
today, 94 years ago, um, J. Gresham Machen founded Westminster Theological Seminary, which is just 14 miles away from where we are right now. He started it with several other faculty members who were leaving Princeton Theological Seminary because it had become too liberal. Can you believe that? Nearly 100 years ago. And it's a divine mercy that those men uh, cannot see what has become of Princeton today. Machen spent much of his life speaking out against liberalism in the church. This was a hundred years ago. One of the many biblical truths that he firmly supported was the reality of the virgin birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. There were many so-called Christians in his day that opposed the reality, the truth, of the virgin birth. People who would consider themselves Christians. Not only people who would consider themselves Christians, but people who were ordained to the ministry of the gospel who held this position that the virgin birth could never have happened. Held that position before becoming ordained to preach the word of God. What surprises me most about people who would believe that is that they have this entire book of, the, of God's word full of miracles. So we're in Luke chapter 1 today, which means all of this they've read and seen who God is and what he has done and come here to the virgin birth and say, mm, I don't think so. That God who made reality itself, that God who created this world, God who created human anatomy, couldn't bypass a simple law of nature that he himself created. How wild is it to believe in a God who created the laws of nature and not believe in the miraculous that he could work outside of what he has created? Friends, nothing in this book is going to make any sense at all if you don't believe in miracles. The gospel itself fails if you don't believe in miracles. So let's examine together this morning this true story of what can only be described as a miracle. Let's turn our attention to the beginning of our passage again. Verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So what does it mean that Mary is favored? What does that mean? Well, Mary herself is wondering, how am I favored? And Gabriel is going to explain himself a little more here. He's going to explain this message. But what does this word mean, favored? You know, I, I can think of... Um, a situation in high school where a teacher 
might be talking while a student sits there like this, thinking about all kinds of things besides the lesson, um, whether this student is thinking of football or girls or, um, you know, if Taco Bell is going to be open this evening when he's with his friends, thinking about all kinds of important things. And the teacher says something to the effect of, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And the student's still sitting there pondering important things. And the teacher says, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. The student's still sitting there pondering. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I've said this three times. Do you think you should write it down? This is, of course, a hypothetical situation, which I'm sure has never happened to anyone in this room. But the same principle carries when we are reading the Word of God that if something comes up more than once, we need to make note of it. Here, Gabriel greets Mary by saying, Greetings, O favored one. As he continues, as the passage continues, he says, You have found favor with God. So we see this word twice. Let's look at it a little bit closer. Now, the Greek here is charito. One lexicon defines this word like this. To cause to be the recipient of a benefit. Bestow favor on. Favor highly. Some of your versions may say highly favored. Or bless. Now, as we look at this word, we see Mary has had favor bestowed on her. The Bible does not tell us that she has earned this favor in any way, just that this favor has been placed on her. To say that she has earned this favor in any way is to, misunderstood, is to misunderstand what is meant by this particular word. Sometimes we're under the impression that Mary got this wondrous opportunity to carry the Christ child because of some kind of exceptional righteousness on her part, that she was just a really, really sweet young lady, and, and just more so than anyone else, and that's why God picked her. This is not to say anything about other churches who would teach that Mary had no sin at all. See, the Bible does not tell us that Mary merited this opportunity. Was Mary a virtuous woman in the sense that she has retained purity before marriage? Well, absolutely, the text would tell us that. Was Mary righteous in the sense that she has faith in the one true God as an old covenant believer? Well, the Bible certainly would imply that. But did Mary merit this role because of any exceptional righteousness on her part? The Bible would give us no reason to believe that. This word, favored, charito, shows up one more time in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. I'd like to read this passage to you, verse 3 to 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. 
In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Here, the word is translated into the English as grace. Grace. Here we learn that before God laid the foundations of this planet, before he spoke anything into existence, he decided that he would bestow his grace, favor, blessings, love, and mercy on you. Heaven forbid that we think that our salvation has anything to do with us. It has everything to do with God's will and God's glory. God gave Mary favor. She did not earn it. God decided before the foundations of the earth that she would be favored in this way. Just as he decided before the foundations of the earth that we would be shown favor in salvation. So to those of you this morning who've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I say to you, greetings, favored ones. Finding favor with God is not about any righteousness on your part, on my part. It's about God's grace and his grace alone. As we continue to read here, we'll see specifically how Mary was shown God's favor. Let's pick up in verse 30. Luke 1.30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Imagine what this must have been like for Mary. An angel shows up and says, Greetings, favored one. Now that angel could fly away and the story could end there and Mary would have had enough excitement for a lifetime. She could tell her children this story, her grandchildren. She could write a book. It could be a bestseller. This would have been very exciting, but the angel doesn't stop there. He continues to blow her mind. Now he tells her, hey, very soon you'll be pregnant with a son. And let me tell you seven things about your son. First of all, he will be great. Second of all, he will be called the Son of the Most High. Third, the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. Four, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Five, of his kingdom there will be no end. Six, the child to be born will be called holy, and he'll also, seven, be called the Son of God. Now, as any Jewish kid who's been to Sunday school, or I guess probably Saturday school for a Jewish person. Anyways, as any Jewish kid knows, we're talking about the Messiah here. We're talking about the anointed one, the promised one, the Messiah. 
So in what way has Mary found favor with God specifically? Well, God has given her the responsibility of bearing the Messiah. God in the flesh. That's how he's favored her. So before we leave here thinking that there was nothing special about Mary, I want us all to realize the very, very special role that Mary had. Mary was so special. She was favored of God. As we'll see later if you continue to read, blessed among all women. She carried God incarnate in her womb. She was able to be his mother here on earth. God used Mary to save the world. Mary was special indeed. But let's not miss the point. While Mary was such a wonderful, special lady, blessed among women, everything special about her was not from herself, but from God, because she had been favored by God. Everything special about Mary was from who? From God. Did God need Mary? No. God does not need anyone. But he decided by his perfect will and for his glory that he would make her completely necessary. A necessary part of his will. Finding God's favor means being used of God for his plan of redemption. All of us who are redeemed in Christ have found favor in a similar way. That we are used of God in his plan of redemption. We are used of God in saving the world. Romans 10, 14 to 15 says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how will they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel, of those who preach the good news. So what do we take from this verse? Human messengers are an indispensable part of God's plan. Indispensable. Not because God needs us, but because God has chosen by his perfect will and for his glory that we would be an indispensable part of his plan of redemption. We're indispensable because God decided that we would be. Finding God's favor means being used of God for his plan of redemption. In other words, it's your job, Christian, to save the world. Not on your own strength or by your own merit, but by God's strength and for his glory. Now, when Mary hears this news, she has some questions. Let's keep reading in verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? I think that's a pretty good question. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived of a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now there is a lot to unpack in this passage. But again, I want you to put yourself in Mary's shoes. How wonderful is this news that you have been favored of God to be the mother of the Messiah? How wonderful is this news? And under other circumstances, I'm sure that Mary would have been much more excited about this. But what's the problem? Mary knows a little something about the birds and the bees, and she knows that there is something between giving birth to a son and where she is right now that it has not happened and is not scheduled to happen for quite a while. It's like, hey, Gabriel, that sounds great. Can you come back and we can do this maybe a year from now? Okay, because I'm engaged. Maybe we can just, can we postpone this? How can this be? How can a virgin have a baby? And Gabriel answers, God has just the miracle for that problem. See, that's the thing about us human beings. If we are going to be used of God for something divine like saving the world, it's going to take a miracle. Those who have found favor in salvation experienced the same kind of miracle. How can we be used of God to do anything? We know that on our own, as Isaiah tells us, our righteousness amounts to nothing but filthy rags. But then somehow God uses us as part of his redemptive plan to save the world. How does this happen? It happens through a miracle. Because nothing is impossible with God. We have been brought by God's grace from death to life spiritually. He has raised us to new life to do good works which he has prepared beforehand for us. God has just the miracle for this problem. See, your capacity does not determine God's favor. God's favor determines your capacity. Mary is not going to have to make a baby to have this baby. So how is it going to happen? By a miracle. Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How will God work out this miracle? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we see this kind of language somewhere else in Scripture, in the book of Acts. By the way, Luke and Acts were written by the same person who is Luke for the same original recipient, Theophilus. And he uses this phrase there. He says, Jesus says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says this to the disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, the disciples know that they are going to be used of God to participate in his plan of redemption. 
They need to take the gospel to the whole world while they face extreme persecution along the way. And then Jesus is leaving to prepare a place for them. So how in the world are they going to do this? How in the world are they going to carry out this daunting task? And Jesus says, you will receive the power and presence of God. Jesus says, I have just the miracle for your problem. You will be filled with the power and presence of God. Again, I'm telling you, your capacity does not determine God's favor on you. God's favor on you determines your capacity. That person in your life that does not know the Lord, and you don't know how to witness to them, you just feel like you're in way over your head to try to share the gospel with this person. They have questions, and you don't feel equipped to answer them. You don't feel qualified to witness to this person and bring them to faith in Christ. Don't drag that person to your pastor. We're here to help. We want to to be alongside of you. If you have any questions, you need us to pray for you. We're here for you. But God has not put us in your life to do that job for you. God has just the miracle for that job. And it's the power and presence of of God in you. Because if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. God has just the miracle for that job. A father in here might be asking, how am I supposed to lead my family in worship? I don't have the skills for that. I haven't been to Bible college. I'm not some kind of theologian. God has just the miracle for that job. You have the power and presence of God in you. A mother may be saying, how can I be expected to disciple my children day to day? I can barely keep my cool when they spill their milk. God has just the miracle for that problem. You have the power and presence of God in you. You may be saying, how can I remain faithful to the Lord? When I have so many things weighing down on me. When I'm fighting depression every day that I wake up. And I don't want to get out of bed. Or I've lost someone that I love. That I used to count on and lean on. How can I go on? God has given you just the miracle for that problem. You have the power and presence of God in you. Whenever someone who is redeemed in Christ says, how will I ever serve God right now? You have been given just the miracle for this problem. You have the power and presence of God in you. You have found favor with God. And your capacity does not determine God's favor. His favor determines your capacity. So what is there left to do? Well, what does Mary do? Verse 38 Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary responds to this information by completely submitting to God. Let it be done to me according to your word. I am the servant of the Lord. That is our response. To completely submit to God. When you have found favor with God, your only role is to submit to his plan. Lord, use me any way you want to. 
Lord, I'm all yours. Use me any way that you want to. So this morning, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to know that you have found favor with God. He knew you before he laid the foundations of this earth. He has a plan to save the world, and he wants you to be a part of it. And he's given you two miracles to equip you for the task. Number one, he has raised you from death to life. You have new life in Jesus Christ. And number two, the second miracle, is that he has filled you with the power and presence of God. If you do not yet have faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, I I invite you to trust in him. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, because that's the thing about God's favor. It's free. When God saves us, he does it miraculously and not because of our own righteousness. God's favor is free. To all who believe. Because again, finding favor with God is not about what you can produce. It's about what God can miraculously produce in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are yours. We belong to you completely. We are your servants. And it is a pleasure to serve you. It is a pleasure to serve you when we are ridiculed for doing so. It is a pleasure to serve you when we are hated for doing so. It is a pleasure to serve you when people would lie and slander us. It is a pleasure to be your servant. Lord, we long to be used of you in your plan of redemption. That we can honor you and share your gospel. Just as Mary bore your son, may we bear his gospel each day. It is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing.